we're going to get receive more, more, and more. Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to play the legacy video for you again, and then Pastor Judy's going to come up, and then our associate pastor, Pastor Mike, has a word for us this morning. So you're going to get all of us, all right? Isn't that good? Amen. Go ahead. Twenty twenty three was an amazing year for the Legacy Foundation. Our Legacy members are kingdom minded believers, and as a result of their generosity, we are seeing the kingdom of God grow. In twenty twenty three, we saw an influx of people coming to Living Word, hungry for more of God's Word and His Spirit. Many saying they had found us online through media and through our live stream, which our staff and volunteers made a huge investment in over the year. Some notable events and moments that happened in 2023 are moments like our marriage weekend, night of worship, Easter services, our spirit-filled home weekend with Scott and Holly Anderson, the backpack giveaway, trunk or treat, Faith and Fire Conference with Mark and Trina Hankins. Thankful at Springgate Community Center, which resulted in numerous salvations. Our Christmas Outreach Show, which marked a significant milestone with the largest attendance in our 10 years of hosting this event. Our first fourth year Bible School graduation happened in 2023. Our worship team released their first original song, It's a Miracle, which highlights the incredible work we've seen God do so far here at Living Word and His people. In 2023, we supported ministries with national and global reach throughout the year. Mark Hankins Ministries, who is called to train up and equip pastors and leaders around the world with the message of faith through the printed word and Bible schools. Samaritan's Purse, who specializes in meeting critical needs for victims of conflict, disaster, famine, and epidemics throughout the world. Words for Winners, Pastors Tom and Maureen Anderson preach the gospel nationally and internationally and assist in building up the local church. Faith and Pistons, a local ministry whose mission is to mentor teenage boys by teaching them about auto repair skills while teaching them about Jesus through Bible studies. We have also sold into multiple ministries that are currently building as a seed for our own building. In 2024, we will continue to lay the foundation for a new church campus. We have actively been looking for a minimum of 10 acres of land. On this land, we will build three buildings. The main building will house the church sanctuary, cafe, and public gathering spaces. The second will house our children and youth center. Our third building will include our Bible college and a K through 12 Christian school and administrative offices. We will own the land and we will own the buildings. We are building a legacy for our future generations. We are looking for greater opportunities for ministry in 2024, a year of more and more. You can impact the future through the Legacy Foundation. All of what you see is accomplished by our Legacy Partners. Amen. Isn't that exciting? I want to read a scripture that I feel, I, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit gave us a scripture for this year, okay? And it's in Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. It says, clear lots of, 
of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Amen? We're going. Can we have that more and more and more up here, that, that confession? Can, can you say this with us? Amen? Are you ready? To 2024. Ready? 2024 will be a year of more and more and more. More finances, more healings, more miracles, more outpourings, more people coming to Jesus, more things happening because God is the God of increase. Amen? This is going to be a great year for you. It's going to be a great year for Living Word. We have our, our brand new legacy books out, and we're going to have our ushers come. And we're giving one per family because they're, they're very expensive to make. So if you lift up your hand, we would like to give you put this new brand new legacy book. It is beautifully done, great pictures in it. It'll cast vision. And uh, so just lift up your hand and grab one, okay? One per family if you can. And um, each week we're gonna, you'll see a video where it goes through a few of the pages in the book and then explains some of the things. And so, and so we're gonna, with that, we're gonna go ahead and show the book, show this video, and then Pastor Mike's gonna come. Amen? Are you excited Amen. about 2024? If you're not, tell yourself to get excited, okay? Say self, get excited about what God is going to do in 2024. demonstrates an eternal mindset. A life lived for others goes beyond you and touches lives even after you're gone. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Psalm 112, 6. What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? What do you want God to remember about the life you lived on earth? If you want your name and your life to be remembered with joy, you must be intentional about it. That's what leaving a legacy is all about. You can leave a financial legacy today to equip the next generation for Christ. You can impact the future with the Legacy Foundation. Many leave a legacy with a one-time gift. Others include the Legacy Foundation in their estate planning. Some donate stocks, real estate, or other assets to support God's work. Either way, you can set up a way for your giving to make an eternal impact now and even after you are gone. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Proverbs 13, 12. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. Amen. Mikey. God is good. This is week two of our Legacy Foundation. We do this uh, every year um, to get a focus on what God wants to do in living word with our future. I'm Pastor Mike. For you guys who might not know me, uh, we're blessed because God brings in new people every week. And uh, you may be new here, so we welcome you. Thank you for being part of us here today. And uh, I just want to talk about Easter real quick before we get into the message 
Pastor Judy did a great job talking about it. What we would like, okay, uh, everyone received those cards and you write down names of people that you know. We would love everyone to bring someone to church because our Easter outreach is uh, something that is a very, very easy first-time guest experience. We do a drama on Easter. It's a compelling story. It's something that shows the gospel. We give an altar call after. So if you're concerned about someone's salvation, if you're concerned about your loved ones, this is an easy service to bring them to. They will be entertained. They'll love it. They'll have an opportunity to receive Jesus. But I think it's really everyone feeling responsible to do something. Okay, not just the person behind you, the person with you. Everyone thinking, you know, who could I bring? Who, who could come on Easter? Some people only go to church on Easter and Christmas. This is your opportunity to go ahead and maximize on that, okay? So Easter's coming up. It's at the end of uh, March, I believe. So excited about that. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, <clears throat> number one, Father, we know the Legacy Foundation is a vision from God for our church. Father, it's you equipping us for the future. It's you equipping us for what you're going to do next on this earth. And Father, we just thank you for our part in it. Father, as we minister today, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here in this place. We thank you that your presence is here. We sense your presence. We know that you're here with us. You're the teacher. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. I like that, uh, I like that slide that Pastor Judy had up there, 24. Uh, 2024 is a year of more. If anything, that should be in your spirit. That should be something that you say um, out of your spirit. To me, I'm convinced that 2024 is going to be your best year on this planet. Ab absolutely by far. <clears throat> if you come in agreement with God, 2024 could be your best year on the planet. Now, how do I know that? Okay, Ephesians 2.10 says this, look at this, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created in God for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared beforehand, before you were even born, that there would be good works that you're going to walk in. 2024 is going to be a year where you walk in the good works of God. You feel the joy of God out of your spirit. You actually feel a purpose. Some of you, for the first time in your life, are going to realize why you're on this planet. You're here to show off the glory of God. I was on a... Uh, I was on a, uh, a I don't know how to explain it. It was almost like homework. And so I was given some homework and I watched this video and then I had to like fill in some questions about it. But the, the video was called The Secret. And I don't know if you saw it, it was like a best-selling novel back in uh, 2006. And it, and it was very new agey. And uh, it talks about the law of attraction and stuff like that. And, um, and, uh, and it ends by saying this, there is no big plan in the sky for you to look up to. Your mission in life is the mission you give yourself, okay? So to me, that smacks of rebellion towards God. You don't have a plan. I have my own plan. And, and when you see that, you know that Satan, the great rebellious one, is behind that message, okay? Check this out. Psalm 139.16 says this, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. God already has your plan. 
He already has everything that he has written for you. You need to press into the things of God and discover your destiny that God has for you. And I'll tell you this, it's not a selfish destiny of you just getting your wants and desires. It includes you being a light into the world around you. That is real living in Christ. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 2024 is going to be your best year on this planet if you come in agreement with what God has for you. There is no doubt in my mind that if you take that, those scriptures, and you receive them as yours, you will have the best year you've ever had, ever, ever. But we, the Bible says that the word of God mixed with faith produces miracles. And you need to mix your faith with those words. You need to say, some of you are in a funk. Some of you are depressed. Some of you just want to stay in bed and put the shades down. You need to run towards the things of God. Put those shades up and say, this is my best year ever. In the face of the enemy, you need to push back. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm just looking for some people to be excited with me. <clears throat> This is going to be a breakthrough year in your health. Some of you have some bad health things. It's going to be a breakthrough year in your health. God's going to open doors for you that no one can shut, no man. You're going to be a vessel in God's hand. Remember, he said he created good works for you to walk in. You're going to see your family come into the kingdom of God. Some of them, some of them may have to have a Saul conversion where God knocks them off a horse, but he's willing to do that. If you're willing to believe him for it, this will be your greatest year of generosity. It'll be the year where you give out the most. And true living, listen, true living is in generosity. God hardwired us to be generous people. Now, there is a coming revival uh, in, this, in this planet. God is looking to save men's souls. Now, I'm speaking to people in church. But I don't know everyone here in church. I don't know if everyone has had a personal conversion where Jesus Christ has become your Lord and Savior. Up until 18 years of my life, I didn't even know what that meant. I went to church every week, and I did not know that I was a sinner that needed to be saved and have my sins washed away, to be born again by Jesus Christ. And I don't know everyone in the room, but we need to know that God's plan for, the, for this earth is for you to have your sins washed away, for you to be born again and to come into his kingdom. And God is sending a revival into this earth that is going to do just that. We're going to see widespread salvation in this earth. There's a revival coming, and we're, and we're, actually, we're actually tasting it now. We're seeing the beginnings of it now. How do I know that? When COVID hit, everyone felt their mortality. They were told on TV over and over that you are literally going to die. If you're six feet within someone who's coughing, you're a dead man. And so everyone for the first time in their life is like, oh my goodness, I could be dead from this. And they began to, they began to contemplate what that means to be, to be um, you know, a finite life. And God started to plant the seeds in people. So my wife and I, when we talk to people, people are very open to the gospel. People have been freaked out to the fact that, you know what, I may not be alive forever. 
And COVID, COVID helped that. I'm not saying COVID was a good thing, but it, it kind of it got people. And no one is really complaining when we tell them Jesus loves you and has a great plan for your life and he wants to save you. People are like, really? They're like, this, this is actually good news. I've just sat through three years of bad news. So Acts 4.4, we see here, but many of those who heard the word and believed, this is the early church, this is in Jerusalem, but many of those who heard the word, say heard the word. Heard the word. Many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men that came um, to about 5,000. So look at this. There was a revival in Jerusalem where people were being saved 5,000 at a time. Okay? We're going to see that again. In your lifetime, you're going to see this. You're going to be part of a great, mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. You're going to be part of it, okay? <clears throat> in America, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a little history on you guys, okay? So if you're into history, I'm into history, okay? I don't know if you are, but let's talk. First Great Awakening in America, God poured out His Spirit on us. In the 1730s and 1740s, this is pre-America, you guys. We were just British colonies at this time. And God sent a great revival, a great awakening into our country. In Northampton, Massachusetts, there was a preacher named Jonathan Edwards who preached a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And people in his congregation held on to their pews because they thought they were going to fall into hell at that moment because they were not converted. And it was not just man preaching, it was God's spirit working with man, convicting the hearts of people. And a great, a great revival began to spread through the 13 colonies. There was, there was, there was mass conversion, okay? Uh, people like uh, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield. Does anyone know George Whitfield? He was an English evangelist who spent a lot of time in America he, he went down Route 18 up through Abington and to East Bridgewater, preached in all of those churches. He actually preached his last sermon in Newburyport, Massachusetts, gave up the ghosts, and they buried him under the church. So he's still here. Massachusetts has a lot of revival history. We, we are, some, some people say, oh, you know, Massachusetts is so dead, it's so liberal. No, it isn't. This is a place where God wants to show off. He wants to show off. He doesn't take the easy. He's going to show off in us again. Amen? Jonathan Wesley, another name, the founder of the Methodist Church, came out of that first awakening, which was, which was before our nation. We were just colonies. Then there was a second great awakening. We were a young American country. This is the 1790s to the 1830s. God poured out his spirit through people like Charles Finney, a lawyer from New York who was a great evangelist, the power of God would shake people. People would be in trees to hear him preach, and he'd say, I need you to come down, because when the power of God falls, you will fall out of that tree. Again, it's not just a man alone. It's the Spirit of God working. When there is a revival, God is working with us, okay? <clears throat> Charles Vinney emphasized the need of a personal conversion. If you have not been converted personally, if you're just a church attender, you need to take the next step to giving your life personally and submitting it to the lordship of Jesus and receiving forgiveness of your sins. You can't, you can't have your own way to heaven. 
There is one way, the Bible calls it a narrow way. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. There is a narrow way. People say that's so narrow. It is narrow. It's his way. It's one way. And when you hear it and you find it, grab it. Grab it. That's what Jesus came to preach. Jesus didn't come to preach what we hear in our culture today. He came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. So our young nation was aflame with revival. Peter Cartwright, you may not know him, but he was a Methodist circuit preacher. And the Methodists went into the New Frontier where the Wild West was and would preach in a different church every week. And through these circuits, they converted our country. So in that time, our entire country was swallowed up in conversion and revival. Can you picture that? The entire country. We weren't a big country at that time, but the entire country. So people were turning to the Lord with real conversion. So um, check this out. Can you, can you put this letter up here? Can you guys read that? <clears throat> so this is an actual letter from Middleborough, Massachusetts. This is the Congregational Church of Middleborough. When you, be, when you were to become a member of a church, you didn't just say, hey, I'll be a member, and then you sign up. They put you through a trial period. They would see if you actually had a conversion where you gave your life to Jesus and there was fruit of God working in you in a converted heart. And what, one of the things you had to do is you had to write a letter talking of your conversion. So this is uh, from a person named Abraham Vaughn in 1763 down the street in Middleborough, Massachusetts. And this is what it says. This is what it says in part of this. I am, I am sensible. I am a sinner by nature and a great sinner by practice. I have been under no small concern for my soul for some time past, but I stifled my convictions and caused them to all wear off and return to folly again. But the next thing that awakened me to serious concern for the salvation of my soul was a sermon I heard preached by Reverend Mr. Thatcher which he preached to the young people, to which I hope and think made a good and not only lasting but strong impression on my heart. Thus, I have, by the word and spirit of God, been convicted of my sins and of my need of a savior to save me. Know this, a revival will constitute people being convicted of their wickedness before a holy God. Okay, remember the, remember the statement I said before, there is no big God in the sky with a plan. You set your own purpose for your life. No, God is a holy God who has holy commandments, and when we break those, we separate from him. And for us to come back, we need to repent of our sin, cry out for a savior, and have the blood of Jesus wash that sin away. Then we are brought back to our savior. It happened in the great first Awakening. It happened in the Second Great Awakening. It happened in this man in a Middleborough church down the street. It will happen again in 2024. People will wake up and they'll say, there is a holy God and I, and I am a sinner and I am lost and I need help. I need saving. That was written uh, March 4th, 1763. In the USA in the 1920s, we, um, 
let me jump ahead. We look at the 1950s as like such a pure time. What a, our nation was good. People had good morals. Everyone was nice. We just missed those days of the, of the, uh, the happy homes of the 1950s. But those did not come out of anywhere. They didn't, they didn't just happen by themselves. In the 1920s, we had the roaring 20s. People were aflame with sin. People were aflame with rebellion towards God, and that bred a 1930s of depression and despair in our country. And out of that depression and despair came revivals that swept across our countries, tent revivals where people, by the scores, gave their hearts to Jesus. And as a result of it, we get a 1940s, 1950s America that's wholesome, that has good values. That did not happen by itself. The gospel of Jesus Christ washed this land again and created a culture of people who were upright and who loved law-abiding uh, things. 2024 doesn't feel like that anymore. But in the 1950s, that was a result of God's spirit moving in this country. There is a great awakening upon us now. Listen, you guys, this great awakening is happening now. If you move out into the field, the fields are white unto the harvest. You can, you, you are a, like Pastor Judy said, Invite people to Easter. We will give an altar call. It'll be something that will be very easy for them to digest. They don't need to be a theologian. They're going to watch a presentation which is theatrical. It will entertain them, but it will have the gospel message in it. And they'll have an easy way to receive Jesus. You need to know that your family is ready. Your friends are ready. They're just waiting for you to ask them. Now... One of the reasons I know that there is a great awakening happening now because the spirit of Antichrist is so strong in the earth right now. And a lot of you don't know what the spirit of Antichrist is. There will be a figure that comes on the earth in the, in the end times called the Antichrist. Just think of it, anti-opposite of Christ. So everything good that Jesus is, he'll be the exact opposite. That's a person. But the Bible says there's a spirit of Antichrist that's already at work in the earth. Look here in 1 John 2.18. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. Now there is a spirit of Antichrist in our earth now, and when you see, and some of these, listen you guys, I'm gonna get a little hot button on you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about culture. Some of you might be offended if you've been trained in culture. If you're an HR rep in a company, and you're trained in all cultural inclusion and stuff like this, you, this might hurt you a little bit, but it's just the truth of the word of God, okay? If you're a public school teacher, this might hurt you. If you're someone who's trained to be woke and they force you to this your your mind might be wired against the word of god okay but the spirit of antichrist shows itself in anything that is anti-israel it shows itself in anything that is pro-abortion anti-gender pro-lgbtq pro-sin pro-socialism these are all the outward workings of the spirit of Antichrist in our world. And when we see, listen, 2024 is sick 
okay? So when we see this great sickness upon our culture, we know that the devil's rearing up his head because he's afraid of something. How do we know this? We've seen this before. When Moses the deliverer was was to be born and and he was going to deliver Israel out of captivity of Egypt, Satan knew he was coming. He didn't know who he was because Satan is stupid, but he knew he was coming. And so he worked in Pharaoh, and he, Pharaoh commanded all the midwives to kill every male that was born of the Jewish women. He said, let the, let the girls live, but kill the male. All that Satan knew was that if he can stop him in his infancy, he can stop what God was going to do. He wasn't able to do that. Hmm, did this happen again in the Bible somewhere? Oh, yeah, Jesus. If you can stop him when he's young, he can stop what God's going to do. Herod had all the babies two years and under killed because he knew that Christ was coming. It was Satan. It was the spirit of Antichrist to wipe out the deliverer of mankind. But he wasn't able to do that. And now when we see culture aflame with sin, we know that the devil's nervous about something. We know he's trying to stop what he cannot stop, which is a great move of the Spirit of God and a great harvest of revival in this earth. You need to get excited because 2024 is going to be a, a year of great... We, if, if we're willing by faith, we can enter into this revival now. We can enter into the fruit of it now. The Spirit of God is willing if some of us will go out into that. I'm going to show you some, I'm going to show you some uh, clips here. Some, some of you who are older might not know this. If you're younger, this is your life, okay? So let's show the first, um, the first bird clip, if you can. Hi, my name is Otta. I'm up. a member of a DID system, and I'm also a bearded vulture therian. I have two questions. One is for other therians, uh, specifically bird therians, um, and the other question is for other systems who have Therian system members. Positive. So first question for other bird Therians, what are she, things you... She's identifying as a bird. Now, no, no, listen. I'm not trying to mock this, okay? But some of you are trained by your systems to support this, okay? It might just be me, but I don't think she's a bird. Let her keep talking. Let her talk. Do that help you feel more connected to your stereotype? Like, I know that for people whose stereotypes are four-legged, they can do quadrobics, and that helps them a lot. Um, but obviously, that's not applicable to bird therians. I also want to clarify for anyone right, who cut, doesn't cut, know. Cut. Um, I, I can't stand it. Number one, number one, she's so intelligent. Can't you tell by that this is a smart kid? And she's literally living in a non-reality. Okay. Some of you are like, um, some of, some of uh, I'm a parent, okay, and I feel very responsible for my children. And some of us, our parents are like, hey, um, son and daughter, now that you've turned nine years old, I'm going to bless you with that phone you've always wanted. This is what they watch 24-7. And you don't know it because you're just a parent and you're just like, hey, let's watch HGTV. While they're watching Therian Spirit and they're being filled with this stuff. Why would anyone talk like this? It was fed into her, and now she's come. And it's, that, is a, that is a manifestation of the spirit of Antichrist, where a lie becomes their truth. 
okay? Hopefully, you guys, this is just a stage, and the bird stage goes away. She seems like a smart kid. Maybe she'll shake it, work into the dog stage, the horse stage, then the human stage, okay? We need to get her human again. Let's look at the uh, next one, the cat parent one I said. Hi there. I'm Cody, pronouns E-M-R-R-Z or Z-Z-M-Z-Z-Z, or really any neo-pronouns that aren't Z-Her-Her. I am a white, transmasculine, femme, non-binary, temporarily, mostly able-bodied, neurodivergent, obsessive, compulsive, chronically ill, culturally Jewish, unitarian, universalist, non-monogamous, demi-low-romantic, gray demi-bisexual, survivor of acute and complex trauma, millennial, and cat parent in mental health recovery. My identities are uh, fluid and ever-changing. Okay, so you, you might not even know that, but your children might be talking this way. They might, they, they, they're, the spirit of Antichrist is redefining gender, is redefining identity, is redefining stuff. And listen, from the President of the United States on down, every authority figure in our country says, you're okay to do this. This is not okay. This is not okay to do this. This is leading someone to an eternity of hell forever. To be lost and to be bound in your mind and to open yourself up to demonic spirits, this is not okay. But, but the authority figures in our country tell our children this is okay. Do you want pornographic uh, books in your elementary school library? This is okay, this is what they tell them, right? Can we, can we look at, all right, so, so, our, so back in the old days, your kid would go in their room and they might play with video games or they might do, you know, they might lift weights or something in their room, you know. Um, but nowadays, kids go in their room and they, sh and they point their phones at themselves and they speak to this world on the other side. So picture this being your son. You send him to his room, but you don't know what he's doing up there. Next. Very serious question for those of you who keep missing my gender. When have you ever met a he, him who looks like this? Huh? She, her, yes, they, them, sure. He, him, who? And if you do know a he who hymns like this, power to him. But the he, hymns I know never he the way I, she. So when I present you with she, they so kindly, could you not he, him all over my sleigh? Thank you. They're alone in their room making videos like this. You... The spirit of Antichrist has taken over a generation. And, and, and we can be like, oh no, this is so bad, this is so terrible. There is a great revival upon, when we see this, we know the spirit of God is ready to save souls. I'll just show you one more, just for good measure. Let's, let's play the last one. Yeah, well, I just think she, he, right, right. Well, she, he, uh-huh. Well, she, he, his pronouns are he, him. Now, are you going to respect that, or is this they, them going to turn you into a were, was? See, back in the old days, back in the old days, we would see that as a warning sign. Like, something might be wrong with my child. Now, people are like, this is great. Joe, Joe Biden, this is great. The, 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 the HR directors, the school authorities say, this is great. This is not great. This is demonic. There, there, is, there is a sickness in our culture which tells me the spirit of revival is here now. The devil would not, the devil would not turn it up so high 
unless he knew God was ready to move. And God is moving now. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Number one, we know in our spirit, if you're spiritual at all, you know God is already moving. If you're spiritual at all, you know you're part of a great revival that God wants to bring to this earth. I also know this. This will be a great revival in, in scale because when I talked about the first great awakening in America, do you know how many people were on the planet at that time during the first great awakening? There were 600 to 700 million people. Million. We have 7 billion on the earth today. The scale of this revival is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And listen, we have set things up where we are going to leverage technology also to go ahead and to get the gospel out. We're already doing it using technology, using video, using TV to reach people in their bedrooms. People will be saved without ever stepping foot in a church. They'll come to church after, but they'll say, I got saved through my phone, through a message I had through technology. Technology, we are going to leverage technology to preach around the globe. The Holy Spirit knew that this would be here. It's not just going to be leveraged for the enemy. Let me, let me say this, okay? Because I have a business, and this was, this was literally just last Friday, okay? And this doesn't happen all the time, but I thought it was, was unique. Last Friday, I was on a Zoom call face-to-face -face with someone in Los Angeles, okay? Right after that, I was on a Zoom call face-to-face -face with two guys in Rotterdam, Netherlands. All the while, Skyping people in the Philippines and India. So business is very global. The Holy Spirit is very global, too. He's going to use this technology to touch and to change our planet. It's, it's an amazing time to be alive. It is an amazing time to be alive. Now, what does this have to do with the Legacy Foundation, you guys? The Legacy Foundation was set up so that we as a church would be ready for our future, ready for what God is going to do. I'm telling you this, that there is not room enough in this place for what God wants to do. That's why we're looking ahead. That's why we're going to buy land, at least 10 acres. Pastor Judy maybe told you last week that even up here in Union Point, there are 25 acres available, maybe 10 buildable with the wetlands and stuff like that, right up the street. And on, and on these 10 acres, there'll be three buildings. There'll be a, a main sanctuary. In the second building, there'll be a youth and children's center. How many people know that youth and children need help? They do. And number three will be our, will be our Christian school and our Bible school. God wants to do something great through you. He wants to do something great through Living Word. He wants all of us to be part of it. Now, let me show you this, um, the Legacy Foundation 2023 graphic. Let me show you some numbers here. Hopefully, that's not too much in the way. The total Legacy Foundation income of 2023... $154,669.55. Whoever gave that 55 cents, thank you. That was a blessing. But listen, just give yourselves a hand for $155,669.55. Okay? But can, can you guys see this right here? Goal for 2023. 
$1.5 million. Our goal is $1.5 million. That gets us into land. That gets us into buildings, okay? We are super thankful for everyone who gave, everyone who sacrificed, everyone who stepped out in faith that brought in 154,000, okay? But know this, okay? And, and you know this well. Picture you wanting to go on vacation with your spouse and you dream about resort in Mexico. You dream about Hawaii. You dream about these beautiful locations you can bring your wife and just bless her. And then you look in your bank account and you say, you know what? Maybe we're going to Myrtle Beach. Maybe we'll do some Cape Cod because the money will dictate what you can actually do. Okay? So I want to bring you guys on a little thought experiment. What would it look like if we're actually fully funded? If our 1.5 million comes in, 2.5 million, if God brings that in, God's going to bring it in through us. If we say, God, I am a vessel, I am, I am open to be that vessel that you work through, God is going to bring it through us. He's going to bring it through the people who are watching online on TV right now. He's going to bring it through people who might be in other countries who are watching our vision right now. God is going to do that. But let's imagine what fully funded would look like, okay? Number one, we'll go and we'll make an offer on the land, and they'll accept the offer, and we'll buy the land. Then we'll pay engineers to come into the land, perk test the soil, check it out, build our roads, put our sewers in, layer electricity, and get it ready to go. That, that, that's Hawaii money, guys, not Myrtle Beach money, okay? And then after that, you lay the foundation for your buildings. Building one goes up, building two goes up, building three. Then we outfit them. This is a multi-million dollar project, but with God, multi-million means nothing. Are we, are, we, are we the vessels that God can work through? Yes, he can, okay? We're, we're going to see these, bu these buildings get done. But you know what? Those are just buildings, I say the greatest use of our resources is going to be the human assets. We need people to work in the ministry full time. We need people who show up every day and get a paycheck to work in the kingdom of God, okay? And listen, yes, you have pastors, and we'll need more pastors and people who are called by God, but that's only one layer. We need people to run our youth ministry. We need people to run our children's ministry full-time. We need our nurseries and babies taken care of full-time, coordinators, leaders. Uh, we we want to do a K-12 through school. Do you know how much staff you need for a K-12 through school? Some of you aren't even thinking of the nurse and the gym teacher. You need a lot of people in a K-12 through school, not just the teachers, okay? All of these, this could be your job at you serving in the kingdom of God at Living Word forever. But that's us fully funded. We need an entire Bible school staffed out. We need musicians, technicians, singers, recorders. We need people who do social media management, website administration, graphic designers, videographies. We need a facility manager, someone who's over these great buildings and, and land that God has given us, and then the maintenance people to work under them. These are all people who will be employed full-time for the kingdom of God. 
We need an HR director who's not woke. <laughs> we need television and media people, camera people, crew, editing. We need administrative staff, administrative assistants, office managers, receptionists, data entry clerks. It goes on and on. This church will be open 24-7. It will. When you, when you, listen, when you understand what God wants to do, you cannot shut your doors. There's going to be a group of people that leave at 6 o'clock, and then there'll be young adults who will be here until 12.30 at night, and then there'll be another group that gets people saved off the streets and brings them to church at 2 a.m., and there's just a constant revival happening. This church will be employed constantly in the work of God if we prepare ourselves now to receive what God wants to do. That's what the Legacy Foundation is now. We are preparing now for the great work that God has called us to. God, God has called us to a great work, but that great work involves you if you're any one of those people who will be employed full-time in the work of God. Sometimes we think, oh, the pastor's employed. No, there are hundreds of people employed in the work of God. So what next? Because I'm going to wrap up here, guys. 2024 is a year of more and more. It will be your best year ever. If you're someone who gave into the Legacy Foundation last year, what we do is we ask you to make a pledge in your, um, in your orange book there. Can you open it and just look on the last page? I think there's a, a card on the last page. I don't have a book, so I can't look. That is a pledge card. What we ask is everyone, well, let me, let me before I get there, I say, if you gave last year and you made a pledge and you made an offering, I'm good. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for anyone who's given. Consider to continue giving this year if you gave last year. All we ask you to do is fill out your pledge card again so we get an idea of who's going to continue to give, okay? Now, if you've, if you've never given into the Legacy Foundation, know that you're going in to our future. You're sowing into our future, okay? You're sowing into your future. You're sowing into your children's future. You're partnering with what God is doing on this earth. And we ask you to prayerfully consider making a monthly pledge so that you have your tithe and you give, but this is above your tithe where you give into the vision of God, giving into our future, giving into those buildings, giving into that school, okay? And so we ask you to prayerfully consider, and this is what we say, if everyone does their part, we will do great. If one person sits it out, two people sit it out, ten people sit it out, Take this seriously. Take it. Pray with your spouse. Say, what are we going to give? Are we going to up our giving this year? Let's pray. And if everyone does their part, then we will hit a home run for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. At this point, we have a video. Guys, I'm done. Thank you so much. Let me pray this. If you're here, if you're here and you have not received Jesus... When I was 18 years old, I did not receive Jesus as my Savior, even though I was a religious person. If you've never received Jesus and you want your sins washed away, you want to be born again and have the Spirit of God come and live in you, I ask you to just pray with me now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you pray and ask Jesus to be your Savior. Let's bow our heads, everyone. Pray this with me. Say, Dear God, I know that I've missed it. I've done wrong, and I have sinned. 
and I need a Savior. Jesus, right now, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you, Father, for washing away my sins. Now, I call Jesus my Lord.